This week on This Week in Blurred's Ball. This is the way. Life is good, but it can be better. I also leave to you this liquid nitrogen-cooled cylinder of my hypervirile sperm in case your lesbian lifestyle one day wears out and you wish to wave an army of geniuses. Wait, is that a Pedro Pascal line? Eh, kinda. It was originally Walton Goggins. Didn't Walton Goggins have a vodka? Walton Goggins has a vodka. Heroes in a half shell. Hail Hydra. Welcome to this week in Blurns Ball. We're doomed. Doomed. Can I have my pants back? Doomed. <laughs> Good old nibbler. And yes, that was in honor of podcast mascot Andy, who may or may not be joining us this week. Welcome to this week in Blurns Ball. Ah, uh, nibbler. Nibbler the Niblonian. Wait, what were all the other Niblonians called then? Well, they were just variously ranked. To fuzzlers. Yes. But so Nibbler was named after the whole species? That's an well, honor. It is. I mean, he was, you know, a, a silly name for a chief fuzzler, but I was happily nonetheless. <laughs> Man, there were not enough Nibbler centric episodes of that show. There were not, but the ones we got were all excellent. It not white whale, it gray thinky whale. Mr. Bradley, what can you tell us about the London summer? I'm a gigantic floating brain. We am now leaving Earth for no good reason. <laughs> I am the greatest. <laughs> but enough about Futurama. There's never enough about Futurama. Especially on this podcast, where we frequently talk about everything but, despite being a podcast exclusively of, I'm your co-host, Ben Bloom. With me, as always, is co-host, executive producer, and dog wrangler, Jacob Morris. Let's and talk baseball. Saw, yeah, we saw a bit more of everything this week. Yeah. Uh, where to start? No hitter? I, I feel like, well, yeah, because that was the most recent goddamn thing that happened. <laughs> I mean, I feel like there have been, what, six so far this year? And uh, we're six weeks into the season. Are we averaging one no hitter a week? I mean, we are getting very much into YOP territory. Yeah, and I mean, I feel like every year is YOP at this point because it's just become such three true outcomes kind of game where if you're not hitting the ball 500 feet, you're striking out. A hundred percent. And again, for people who have watched baseball as long as we have, people who have played baseball at varying levels as long as we had you kind of miss you know like the texas leaguers the little loopers like the 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 contact hitting plays but again based on you know all the science around launch angle and on the increase of velocity of pitchers it starts to become near binary in terms of what your approach is at the plate yeah, and I mean, not to take away from Spencer Turnbull, it's hard to throw a no-hitter. It's hard as it's hard as shit to throw a no-hitter. And again, Detroit Tigers, they need something to cheer about. Yeah, not a good team. And no. is, is this the second time Seattle's been no-hit this year? Oh, shit. Were they no-hit by Rodon? Yeah, I'm pretty sure Rodon no-hit them, too. So, like, Seattle definitely needs something to cheer about, especially because James Paxton's down now. Yeah, I mean, they do have their Rookie of the Year center fielder whose name I'm completely fucking blanking on. He was great last year. I mean, I don't know if he's having that second-year uh, second slump. Yeah, although, to be fair, in a 60-game season, you don't have much to slump after, although there, there are a lot of guys who, now that we've played, like, 40 games, 
holy cow, I've already schedule, uh, I'm already calendar watching because it's like, oh my God, we're getting close to the, no, it's only May. Yeah. It's like, guys, it's happening. It's all happening. It's like, no, nothing's happening. Okay. Uh, Kyle Lewis, who we were talking about earlier, um, his season's like, he's, he's not off to a bad start so far. Like he's got three homers, six RBI. He's batting 233 with an OPS of 687. Again, below his rookie of the year winning mark, but still a but like solid. He's what? Uh, he's like what? 190 at bats into the season? Exactly. Actually, no, only 98. Oh, wow. So he he's obviously missed some time. Yes. So that could even factor into it as well. Again, like West Coast teams takes this. Uh, takes us a time to get used to it. But I, mean, I think here's what, the thing. Ahead, I really sorry. wish I was in a time zone where I could watch West Coast baseball more because I'm really missing out on Mike Trout and Shohei Otani. And yes. Shohei last night. Oh, by the way, I just learned that Shohei Otani leads the major leagues in home runs. Yeah. It is also, he's fucking yoked. Yeah. He's huge. He's huge. He plays both ways. He, he's starting tonight, and last night hit a 440-foot bomb to dead center field. I mean... Uh, but Trout is out six to eight weeks now, which is disappointing. It's I'll, such a letdown because he can he is still the Mike Trout of baseball. Yeah. Although Shohei Otani, holy shit. We need like, more players like Shohei. Yes, I mean that should be the neck. That should be like the the aspiration level. I mean, that's that's the market inefficiency. Can you play both ways? Yeah, it's like when big men started shooting threes in the NBA, or you know, like or scrappers started being able to score goals again in the NHL. Absolutely, I'm not saying but, the pinnacles of success are Joel Embiid and Brad Marchand, but that is exactly what I'm saying. Yeah, it's it, you can bring more than one thing. I yes. mean, yeah, Shohei, his on base is like 306, but also a 306 on base is pretty good. Yeah, that means he only fails to get on base 70% of the time, which yeah. is pretty goddamn good because if you ever think about how glass half full baseball is, it's really funny as shit. Yeah, but like, I feel like I feel so bad for Angels fans. Every oh, highlight I see of the Angels, it's like, Mike Trout went five for six to raise his batting average to five twenty one, and Shohei Otani hit another home run as the Angels lost seven to three. <laughs> it's so true. And Anthony Rendon, he's been slick at third base. While they, the Angels lose ten five, they have two generational talents on this team. They have mm -hmm. a guy who's the best player in baseball in the conversation for greatest of all time. And they have the funnest player in baseball. Unequivocally the funnest. And they also have an all-star at third base. And they're going to win like 75 games. And they have like a really top quality, not an asshole manager in Joe Madden. Yeah. But like they just don't have the supporting cast. They don't have any pitching. They haven't had any pitchers. They have one pitcher, and he's their and he's fucking the, best hitter. He's the designated hitter. <laughs> uh, I mean, they haven't had any pitching since Jared Weaver. Oh, man. Didn't his brother also pitch? Yeah, his brother did also pitch. Uh, I think for a while, one of the pitched for the Angels, one of the pitched for the Dodgers. Yeah, like like the Weaver boys had a good run in the pros. Yeah. but And again, oh. another thing that this shortened, that this like early season has shown us, the world has fucking underappreciated Xander Bogarts. Oh, X has been so good. Uh, ex except for last night where he went, uh, he took for he took the caller. Oh, yeah. no, I think he had one hit. I think he had one hit. He did, yeah. But again, <laughs> nice to see Jay's socks back in action. Your unis look great. Wardo Rodriguez, again, you pointed it out, and I wanted to save it for the podcast. It just fucking warms your heart to see the guy on the mound again. And having some real success other than last night. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, he's been great so far this year. Other than mm -hmm. last night. And, and all success to him, except when he plays the Jays. Uh, <laughs> he's He's been great. And, I mean, considering uh, mitocardi mitocarditis, that's career-threatening. So, uh, to that's recap. life shit, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, geez. so, to recap, uh, he had 
COVID pretty severely last year during the mm-hmm. uh, during the pause, and then myocarditis, which is a swelling of the area around the heart. Um, there was which concern. Is scary. <laughs> yeah, that's real scary. Um, so concern. Uh, I'm not sure if it was to the point where it was concerned for his life, but definitely concerned for his career. Missed all of last season recovering, and has mm-hmm. come back and not missed a beat this year. Absolutely. And again, like I remember last year, uh, then manager Ron Renicky, like being pretty broken up about like, like, I just want the kid to be okay. Like, and again, like God love Ron Renicky. Like, and he was like the bench coach on the Sox beforehand. I, I, I hope he's able to find something in baseball. Like, like last year should not be indicative of his managing abilities. But... No. And I mean, 60 game season entirely within division, um, missing your best starter, uh yeah <laughs> missing mookie yeah <laughs> yeah let's let's not forget that happened and i mean good on the red sox for their hot start but let's mm-hmm. take a deeper look into uh some of scheduling stuff the red sox have played the 28th hardest schedule in the major league so far hey we deserve it after the year we had yes but <laughs> <laughs> uh, when the going gets a little tougher, let's see if they have what's uh, what it's going to take. As opposed to the Jays, who have played the hardest schedule in the league so far, uh, and they've after, come out pretty rosy, I'd say. Half a game back of the Red Sox, uh, they're on a 92 win pace right now, and they've had some tough injuries. After this week, they'll have played half their games against Tampa for the whole season. Uh, and again, smooth sailing, you know, like after that, because Tampa, again, it, it, like we can't even say, you know, like commanding first place at this point in the AL East, because, you know, unless you're the Baltimore Orioles, you're within striking distance of winning that division. And the Jays haven't even played Baltimore yet. Yeah, again, that should be a cakewalk, except for that random one game when Baltimore hits 13 uh, runs. Yeah, <laughs> man, Baltimore's weird. Uh, and They're the Jays weird. also have been living out of hotels. Yeah. And then soon they will be able to be living out of Buffalo hotels, which in my experience have always been nice. Proximity uh, to wings, shopping malls. Can't complain. My understanding is the hotel they'll be taking over in Buffalo is an incredibly nice hotel. Oh, well, is it like one of those like custom boutique ones or are they going to be at the uh, Lackawanna County Marriott like we were? <laughs> No, hey, Lackawanna County Marriott, fucking great hotel, killer indoor pool, perfect amenities, proximity to everything you need. I mean, uh, no, my understanding of it is, is it's a custom boutique hotel where they will have the entire place to themselves. Um, I mean, you can, for COVID reasons, you can't, right? Robot house. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> But like full suites, it's it's entirely suites. Each player will have a room to them. Obviously, each player has a room to themselves. The union yeah. mandates that. Uh, but like union. good old union. But like it is more than five stars if such a thing exists. Wow. I mean, I feel like now we got to talk about hotels and our experiences because the last hotel I was at before the world went sideways was the most entertaining but weird as shit hotel. It was downtown Nashville. It was half hotel, half art gallery. And they had giant blue penguin art installations, you know, just in the hallways of the hotel. But here's the thing. Sometimes if you wake up in the morning and you didn't put your room service tag on, there'd be a penguin statue staring at you in front of your unopened door. Yeah, I'm not kidding. I have photographic proof of the penguins Sneaking into the elevators, changing places, the penguins came to life. Do you know how much dedication that takes from the hotel staff to just randomly fuck with people by moving around big-ass blue penguins? That is a lot of dedication. The last yeah. hotel I was at was a baseball-related hotel. It was the hotel attached to the, to the Sky Dome. Oh, shit. Yeah. So nice. just before the world ended... Taryn and I went into Toronto to see Hamilton and we made an evening of it. Uh, We stayed at the downtown Toronto Marriott, which is attached to the dome. Uh, Oh shit. That's like right near where I work. It is right near where you work. It's like next door to where you work. Shit. You can use my parking spot, which again, probably not a great parking space deal, but you're fine. (laughs) uh, And uh, we stayed there 
I mean, not a not a field facing room because they don't really use the field facing rooms during the off season. Right. Also, what were you going to look at? <laughs> the turf being put in because we didn't know the world was ending yet. Yes. Uh, yeah. And we stayed there and it was a fun time. Very nice. I feel like they have a, like a killer complimentary breakfast. There's no complimentary breakfast. Oh, fuck. They do have a killer breakfast. Oh, now I'm intrigued again. Yes, it's not complimentary, but it's really good. You know what? I'm okay with paying for breakfast. I have no qualms about, you know, paying money for food. I feel like that's that's okay. Yeah. Oh, I have no qualms about paying money for food. It's a very good breakfast. Nice. Oh, man. <laughs> but yeah, so hotels, airports, things that we can one day Train go- stations. Train stations. Yeah. You know how long it's been since I've been in a train station? Um, let's see. Today is May the 19th, so I'm going to say 15 months. At least that. At least that. I mean, subway stations count as train stations, right? Subways are trains, yeah, except subways are trains. in Paris where they have fucking tires. <laughs> yes. Those are just underground buses. Yeah. And, you know, let it be known, Montreal and Paris, ils sont les bus subterraniennes. <laughs> <laughs> Those are underground buses in French. In the sont pas les trains. They are not trains. <laughs> Ça c'est suffit. That's enough. Have you been saying everything I have been saying? We. Oui. <laughs> nice. And joke complete. So yeah, I mean, again, we can have all these things and more if you get fucking vaccinated when you are eligible and when you have the opportunity to. And if you live in Ontario, everyone 18 plus is now eligible to get vaccinated. Hooray! Which is amazing. I mean, like of all of the heartbreak I've seen in my line of work, having to read stories about people, like thousands of people lining up for 500 doses at, you know, clinics in like Scarborough and being and hearing, you know, this is my second day in a row trying to line up. You know, I had an online appointment that got canceled. Just like, like people really want to get vaccinated. Like that, it's not an issue of hesitancy. It's an issue of access. And it's an if issue this, of supply, yeah. Uh, supply, yes. Uh, with the expanded eligibility, with increased dosages is, Let's not mention anything that rhymes with Mastrophenica. Let's not mention that. Let's not mention that, no. But but again, they're Pfizer and the Red Sox Dolly Parton vaccine. Vaccine, 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 vaccine. The fact that she hasn't released that as a single. Again, she's Dolly Parton. She, she is like in post-fame territory right now. She, she can do whatever she wants. Oh, man. And this was, like, early on in the in the pandemic when I was, like, missing out on stuff. Like, there was a... I forget from which food publication. Um, the, uh, this person would go to theme parks and, you know, like, like do all of the foods. Uh, they went to Dollywood. Holy shit. Oh, man, yeah. Dollywood like, is a place. Like, I didn't know I wanted to go to Dollywood, but I want to go yeah. to Dollywood. I mean, the, they have, like, like pulled pork mac and cheese. Um, Yeah, sign me up. Yeah. Also, fun woodland critters doing woodland critter things. Sign me up. Yeah. Uh, but for those of you who are in Ontario, if you're in the southern region, of, the southern part of Ontario... For the next week, uh, University of Toronto Mississauga, in collaboration with one of the large hospitals in the Mississauga area, everyone from Ontario, regardless of postal code, so long as you are older than 18, can go to this hospital or the University of Toronto Mississauga campus and get a vaccine. Pfizer vaccine, no questions asked. You just have to make an appointment through their website. Uh, Again, it's like ordering a beer in Australia. You can ask for a coffee. They will give you the beer. Coffee, beer. No, coffee, beer. C O B E F. That's Again. not a knife. This is a knife. No, it's That's not. That's a spoon. Oh, I see. You've played knifey spoony before. <laughs> so again, 
And the 24 hour vaccine clinics are amazing for the, for people who, for obvious reasons, work during the day and can't take the time off. <clears throat> Paid sickly, please. And thank you. <laughs> Did I cough that out loud? Oh, well, I don't know, Raggy. <laughs> I was having a full Jetsons discussion at work yesterday, and it's just because, like, we so like a copywriter said, "Oh, I'll jettison this part of the copy." I'm like, "Meet George Jettison." This boy Elroy. Oh man, like Jetsons doesn't get enough love either. No, it really doesn't. Jane, stop this crazy thing. Yeah, it only had one season of its initial run, which is amazing to think about that it has like such like a like a lasting impact. Yeah. Then seasons back then were like 300 episodes. <laughs> that too. <laughs> it ran like every day. Yeah. Those those hardworking animators had to draw live to camera. Essentially, uh <laughs> but one last fun fact about COVID-19, uh, if you could say fun fact, Oh, God, uh, yes. Almost 58% of Ontarians have had at least one vaccine. Eligible Ontarians have had one vaccine now. We are getting there. We're getting and, there. And in the meantime, even with one vaccine, wash your hands, wear a mask, stay away. Yes. And obey the social distancing orders. Yes. Everyone listen to everyone. Respect their authority. <laughs> We'll all be through this soon. And, you yes. know, it might take until end of July, beginning of August, before we can start seeing each other again. That's not that long. That's, That's not hard. that long. Yeah. Again, we've all been, we've all had to wait for things in our lives. Be old enough to drink. Be old enough to vote. Be old enough to decide what my haircut looks like, mother. <laughs> I do enjoy the bald. Oh, thank you. Yeah, no, I, I decided to go Omega Protocol when I started LeBroning a couple years ago, and it's been it's been the happiest I've ever been. Yeah, that's also when I met my per my partner. So you know, coincidence? Coincidence? I think not. What show was that from? Uh, Polka Dot Door. Fucking a Polka Dot Door. TVO giving us some classic TV programming. TVO, man. I mean. Once we realized that it actually stood for TV Ontario, it's like, oh shit, public television. How was Wayne's World not on TVO? Right? Wayne's I, World, Wayne's, Wayne's World, World party, party time, time. Excellent. excellent. Because it was theoretically from somewhere in Chicago, Aurora, Illinois. Well, there we have we an Aurora, Ontario. Because they had to make it accessible to the American population. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, and monkeys will fly out of my butt. <laughs> oh, man. I'm pretty sure those movies taught us about funny. Yeah, they did. Well, especially Wayne's World 1. Wayne's World 2 was really just them cashing in. Which, again, you know, all the power to them. I'm pretty sure you don't get paid if you work at SNL. Yeah, fair enough. Or SCTV. Yeah. Not much money in sketch comedy, even in the 90s. Or, you know, the ever. Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure Bill Murray's salary for SNL was just Bill Murray's weight in cocaine. Hey, cocaine is valuable, man. Cocaine's a hell of a drug. <laughs> Star Wars, nothing but Star Wars. How else do you think he came up with that? A John Belushi-shaped mountain of cocaine. <laughs> Man, having watched that sketch again recently, there's a lot of cocaine jokes in it. Because it was the 70s. Yeah. They, they did a lot of cocaine before they came up with all the cocaine. Speaking of things that should have stayed in the 70s, Tony La Russa. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, curmudgeon girl. Before, before we... Rip apart Tony Larusa. Fun fact about Tony Larusa: Tony Larusa managed the White Sox in the seventies and eighties. The White Sox now wear a seventies and eighties throwback. Tony Larusa, when they wear that throwback, wears a throwback to his original uniform. 
Now, that just don't beat all. And is that not just a sign of, hey, maybe we should change things up a bit? The, the coach looks the same in these throwbacks. No, he's far photos. fatter and older. Well, again, that's what happens when you age 40 fucking years. Yeah. Also, Tony LaRusso lecturing people about rules. Are we sure about this? I, uh, I mean, hill to die on? Not this one. Tony LaRusso who didn't know that if the runner who would have been the pit, the last runner in the ninth inning, therefore the 10th inning ghost runner was the pitcher. You could use the guy before him knows about the unwritten rules. Damn it. Tony LaRusa, who doesn't know the rule about blood alcohol content. <laughs> I wasn't going to go there, but you went there. I, I sure as shit did because at this point I'm just like, Oh, for fuck's sake. I mean, what about the, you know, hey, didn't my first baseman and right fielder used to be a lot skinnier in Oakland rule? Remember that rule? Oh, yeah. But somehow, someway, Yermin Mercedes, one of the most fun players on a team of fun fucking players, wallops a slow pitch softball from La Tortuga. It was, it was like... 44 miles an hour. If you can hit that out, hit that out. I don't care if it's 3-0. Also, there's a position player pitching. All the unwritten yeah. rules are out the window. Yeah, it's a wash. If you don't hit a home run off a of position player pitching, you should get sent down to AAA. Yeah. If you get struck out by a position player pitching, oh, by the way, that's happened this year. That has, but again... That doesn't count because Freddie Freeman and, and Anthony Rizzo are best friends, and I'm pretty sure. Also, Anthony Rizzo before. can pitch. He can. Again, for a position player pitching, he can he can dot it. Yeah. And I'm, and I'm sure Freddie Freeman will never be able to live it down. Oh no. <laughs> also track track. <laughs> uh yeah. If you can if you can crush a 40 mile an hour Evis pitch to the moon. You've earned Some it. Moon. <laughs> You've earned it because let's be honest, you're providing all your own power that way. Yeah, Newton's third law of robotics. A robot shall do no harm. No, if a robot throws a forty mile an hour ethos pitch, you are obligated to hit it. Yeah, like, and then calling out your own player. Yeah, I mean, like. Just like how what what kind of confidence does that inspire? Like, and also like the language around it. Like, like I, I like the word in quotes "clueless" was used as if. Come man. on, man! Classic Paul Rudd. Classic Paul Rudd. Man, Paul Rudd hasn't aged since that movie. He has not, and which is amazing because, you know, that movie was when we were five years old, and we have aged since then. Yeah. So, Avengers Endgame Theory. You know how Michelle Pfeiffer got old in the Quantum Realm? When she was in the Quantum Realm? But, mm -hmm. yeah. But Paul Rudd didn't. But here's the, here's the theory. Paul Rudd actually did. <laughs> but he's Paul Rudd. <laughs> if it can happen to Shelley Pfeiffer's, it can happen to Paul's Rudd. Yeah. Paul Red spent five years in the quantum realm. But who cares? I I look the same. <laughs> Paul, Rudd. Paul Rudd will never die. Yes. <laughs> oh man. And you know what was Ken Jong as the, you know. Yes, uh, I do. Because uh, in every single one of the Russo brothers uh, directed Avengers films, there has been a community cameo. So Danny Pudi in the Winter Soldier. Yeah, Danny Pudi in Winter Soldier is a Shield agent. Um, Jim Rash in um, Civil War as the Dean of Harvard. Yes, <laughs> Dean Alinalin. Dean Alinalin. And then we had a double whammy in uh, Endgame. We had um, Ken Jong. Ken Jong as the security guard, and we had oh, I forget her name, but she's Shirley. Oh, uh, Yvette Nicole Brown. Yvette, Yvette Nicole Brown, yes. As She's the, awesome. She is. You know where I first saw her, and this is, like, crazy? She was, like, the movie theater manager in Drake and Josh. Yes, she was. 
Uh, also, did Hold you watch? Me, brother! <laughs> also, did you watch the community live table read? The new one? The one that they did like this week? I have not. Did they bring back Pedro Pascal? They brought back Pedro Pascal. Your episode was good, but it, but it could be better. better. Yes. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Oh, was it the same episode? No, it was the episode where um, it was the episode where Pierce died. Oh, and he will last year. Is that the one they did last year? Yeah, where uh, where Pedro Pascal reads the will. Yeah, okay, it was the same episode then. Okay, but again, still, now that he's had a second run of the script, you know, we probably tightened it up. <laughs> Plus, now he gets to punctuate everything with, but it could be better. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Pedro Pascal is great. He really is. Poor, poor, I mean, again, we got introduced to him when the poor guy got melon balled on Game of Thrones. Yeah. But it could be better. Yes. Oberyn is good. But he could be better. <laughs> Man, he, he needs to be like a legit full-time movie star. I mean, he's on his way. Yeah, because when we see uh, this is the end, disaster artist Nicole Cage, uh, Nicholas Cage edition, <laughs> the unbearable greatness of I forget exactly what it's called, oh, but yeah, I need like to... the, the unyielding brightness of ego or whatever it's called. Yeah, I need to see that movie. The one shiningest moment. <laughs> uh, so speaking of one shiningest moment. Derek Jeter is getting a six-part The Last Dance-style ESPN series. Gross and also ick. But to balance that out, they're doing a like a TV show about the Showtime-era Lakers, and they have Bo Burnham playing uh, Larry Bird. Damn. Yeah, no. The, so let, let's 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 tell Jeter to take a hike. But the Showtime Lakers uh, TV show but who's has playing a- Magic. Like here, I'm pulling up the... Yeah, I mean, Derek Jeter was an okay baseball player. Hot take. He was he just was okay. Just, he was just fine. Like, he was on a great if team. If Derek Jeter had been a Kansas City Royal, nobody would have cared. It, I, I stand by that take. Yeah. Hi. And now we're introducing Ampersand the Puppy. Hey, buddy. He's, so, not say, he's not saying anything. He's just kind of standing there. So Ampersand the Puppy, time to hear who's going to be in this untitled Lakers TV show. Which should just John be called- C. Riley as Jerry Buss. Oh, damn. I can see that. Also, this show should just be called Showtime. Yes. On the network HBO. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, Jason Clark as Jerry West. Okay. Um, you've got Quincy Isaiah as Magic, Solomon Hughes as Kareem, Sally Field as Jesse Buss. Oh, yes, yes, yes. It just it straight into my veins. Oh, but wait, there's more. Adrian Brody as Pat Riley. Oh. Yeah. Oh, I mean, Adrian Brody in a prosthetic, but oh, yeah. Yes. Michael Chiklis. As Red Auerbach. Oh! Yeah. That's just yeah. too meta. Like, that is- Michael Chiklis from Massachusetts playing Red Play Auerbach. Red Auerbach. Rolly was born to play. Bo Burnham as Larry Bird, as we mentioned. Jason Siegel as Paul Westhead, the first coach of the LA Lakers, who won them their first championship when Magic played center, played all five positions all in Game yeah. 7 against Philadelphia. Like, no Kareem. Magic just played everything. Yeah. Still oh, one of the super magic. greatest... Yeah. This was when the finals were still tape delayed. Yeah. And people tape delay saw magic kicking ass. Yeah. Oh man, Jason Se- Oh, Jason Siegel in a serious role. Yeah. And again, he's gonna have to be like, wait, you fired me? That's against the bro code. I'm gonna sing about Muppets. Man, the fact that they didn't have him in the Muppet sequel is disappointing. Yeah, although, again, any opportunity to have uh, Ricky Gervais playing himself, I will take it. Yes. Bad J. It's not spelled bad guy. It's French, you know? You you get it. It's funny. I'm not really the bad guy. I'm a bad J. 
feather. Yeah. Yeah, they, yeah, they should bring back the Muppet show. They really should. I mean, it just works on so many levels. And I mean, SNL did a spoof of it over the weekend. How they didn't get sued by Disney. I mean, it had Melissa Villasenor, who's like my new favorite cast member, doing a spot on Lily Tomlin impression. Yeah, like, mm, spot on. Like, terrifyingly close. And then. Also, SNL did a last dance joke. I mean, it's only a year too late, but. <laughs> that was amazing because Keegan Michael Key playing Michael Jordan, just doing the. And I took that I personally. Took personally. Which is like a hair. terrific meme. Also, I mean, I'm certain that, you know, Keegan-Michael Key auditioned for SNL like way back in the day, but he murdered that night. Like he was spot on. Well, I mean, remember, Key and Peele were both on Mad TV, which arguably during Mad TV's run was better than SNL. Yeah. I mean, during like the low SNL years, Mad TV had some real bangers and not just Frank Caliendo, but also Frank Caliendo. Yeah. And then they had Key and Peele. Yes. I mean, and now Peel is a horror movie director, uh, which the is... horror movie director, and also he yeah. has Twilight Zone. Yeah. So again, they both turned out great. Do you know what inspired him to just say, I'm not doing comedy anymore? Um, was it the sketch? Uh, oh, there, there was like a Keen Peel sketch. It's like, oh man. Uh, like I feel like there's like a Keel and Peel spe- sketch about fame. It's like like you know like oh, fuck. I forget the tagline, but no, what was it? He was offered the role of poop in the Emoji Movie. I'm out. I'm and out. To which he said, "If this is what the comedy world thinks of me, I'm just doing my own thing." Fucking a man. I mean, good for him because again, he is owning the horror genre. Yeah. Not just owning, like reinventing it. He's the only person out there putting out decent horror that isn't jump scare. Yeah. Again, anyone can be scared by, ah! But who can be scared? Well, him and... Um, Eli Roth? No, not, I mean Eli Roth. Uh, no, A, a Quiet Place. Um, oh, uh, Jim John from Krasinski. The Office. Yeah, John Krasinski. Who... Holding out hope for a Jim from The Office, Vince from Friday Night Live's Tom Clancy movie. Because Michael B. Jordan is soon at the level of Michael J. Jordan. Yeah. There is a possibility that they exist in the same universe. Again, I'm holding out hope for it. They were both on the Amazon. Yeah. The the Amazon Tom Clancy-verse. Also... Michael B. Jordan should play Michael J. Jordan on this unnamed Lakers thing. Well, like, I mean, if it gets to a third or fourth season. Well, again, even if like in the middle, because again, 1984, it's like, hey, who's this number three overall pick? Q. Allen Parsons project. Fuck, I want to rewatch The Last Dance again. Yeah, I know. I know. Oh, man, I, I've got time. Man, that thing was like, and I hate to misuse this word. That was such a sports boner. Oh yeah, that w- that was perhaps the best made piece of sports documentary <laughs> I, yes, I have ever seen. And like yeah. that, I don't that care if all what, of it was fake. Yeah, and I and I know Jordan had his fingers all over it. Yeah, but you know what? He also has his fingers on six NBA championships. He can't have it all on one hand. Yeah. He'd have, and, had, and, he'd have had eight in a row if he hadn't retired to play baseball. But again, then he wouldn't have been able to say he was a two-sport athlete. <laughs> and he wouldn't have been able to make um, Space, Jam. Space Jam. Oh, man. Space Jam sequel is coming out. Oh, see? Andy likes that. Space Jam 2, a new legacy. With Don Cheadle as Tron. Yeah. Man, I still think Don Cheadle should play the Bill Murray role. And then Don Cheadle versus Tron Cheadle. Ooh, Tron Cheadle versus Don Cheadle. I feel like real life Don Cheadle is like a chill guy. <laughs> yeah, sounds about right. And again, the new Bugs Bunny voice is Canadian. <laughs> yeah, I am, Eric Bowser. I am, great name, by the way. That is a great name. I am 
irrationally excited for Space Jam 2. I am rationally excited for Space Jam 2. I do like that in the trailer they have the scene where he's trying to put together a super team. Yes. <laughs> Gandalf, Superman, Iron Giant. It's like, yeah, I want to see that team. Yeah. I want to see LeBron's Miami Heat. Yeah. With, of course, Iron Giant being Udonis Haslam. Yeah. But he says three words and he owns everyone. The, does that make Gandalf Chris Bosch? It absolutely. Come on. Chris Bosch is absolutely an immortal wizard. Fair enough. And soon to be Hall of Famer. And a Hall of Famer. Yeah. Good for yeah. him. Does that make him the first Hall of Famer who have been predominantly a Toronto Raptor? It does. Because majority of his career was in Toronto. And again, multiple time all-star. Um, insane numbers. All but carried that team. Reinvented he, the power forward position. Oh my God. Like you wouldn't believe. Like, Every single Raptors fan who ever said stay in the post can fuck the fuck right off and yeah, should no. return Shoot one the- item of championship uh, clothing because he did not belong in the paint. He belonged wherever he goddamn wanted. Yeah, he could he had shoot tremendous the ball from skill. anywhere. He was tremendously skillful. Man, Chris Bosh in the modern game. Unstoppable. Yeah. I mean, he played 10 years too early. Without him, without him, we don't get the modern mm-hmm. power forward. We don't mm. get the Pascal Siakam. We don't get the Kristaps Porzingis. Oh, 100%. And again, he had the like the court vision like that, you know, like guys like Luka Doncic have. Like, like Joel Embiid has great court vision. Bosch had that vision back yeah. then, too. He was a tremendous passer. Oh, also, yeah. again, Bosch's ideal partner was Rosho fucking Starovich. Yeah. Keep Rosho in the paint. I but love Rosho. Oh, man, I love Rosho. Uh, but, like, could you imagine, and I'm going to say something real controversial, could you imagine Andrea Bargnani in the modern game? He'd, he'd be a great player. He was he miscast. He history music. He was miscast as yeah. a big Il 10 Mago years ago. Was not, yeah, look at Danilo Gallinari finding a second life. Bargnani could have easily had that. Bargnani as a flex three in a modern NBA system? Yeah, he was pre-Luca. Again, he couldn't I dribble mean, worth he, a damn. He couldn't dribble worth a damn. Uh, and his shot wasn't quite there. But they didn't focus on his shot because they wanted him to be a five. Yeah, they kept feeding him primo pasta, and that's not racist. He did commercials for them. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Primo pasta. <laughs> Remember Primo's Brezic? He was fun. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. Andre, Andrea Bergnani would have thrived in the modern, a more open NBA. But we're yeah. not a basketball podcast. We aren't. But last night was fun as shit watching the Celtics in a play-in game. Oh, man. Uh, I hope they keep the play-in post-pandemic. I, I am so into it because also Speaking tonight, of which, Messiah's back. Oh, fuck, he is? He, he pretty much said it at his presser this morning. Okay, well, pretty much saying it and being given the keys to a franchise. Or, you know what I could see him doing, honestly? Like, other than staying in Toronto? What? Heading up an expansion team. Oh, I could see him doing that. I could also see him as commissioner of the NBA. I don't see Adam Silver stepping down at any time. No, but, I mean, but I can see him like running the league. Yeah, yeah, Silver's doing a real solid job. But if Silver ever steps aside at any point, that that would be Masai right there. I could also see Masai being like, you know, like a UN ambassador. Or a, yeah, like Masai could do whatever he wants. And he has more than earned that right just for the person he is and for the off-court stuff he does. For the on-court stuff he does, give him a fucking team of his own. Like, at, let, at, let them uh, be like the like the uh, the what city doesn't have a basketball basketball Seattle. team? The Nashville Messiahs. <laughs> Seattle. Oh, oh, fuck, oh, I oh, about Seattle. Oh, oh. <laughs> no, but, yeah, the uh, Seattle Kraken. <laughs> Seattle basketball Kraken and the Seattle hockey Kraken. Well, I mean, there were the New York Football Giants. Why not? Uh, no, but Masai uh, held court this morning. Had like. It was essentially the post, it was like the championship <laughs> press conference, but it was this season's press conference. Oh, like, yeah. <laughs> like 45 straight minutes at the podium. That's his move, though, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and said, like, 
everything short of I have a contract. Uh, it was like, we're going to lay out all the options. We're going to figure out what the, what the system is. We're going to make everything work. It's like he is committed to the future of the Raptors. And again, the corporate or- overlords recognize his value. And if they don't, then what are they? The owners of the Maple Leafs? <laughs> hey, owners of the Maple Leafs bringing in Brendan Shanahan and Kyle Dubas, they, they recognize value now. Yes, they're, they're, they're figuring it out. They are figuring it out. It only took them 20 years. Yeah. Uh, I mean. We... Continue, continue. Something about the ghost of Harold Ballard. Continue. <laughs> uh, do we want to break down last night's Jay Sox game? Do we have to? We lost by so many runs. <laughs> but Hunjin <laughs> Ryu was great. Ryu, man. And. Sure, half the guys he faced used to be his teammates. But again, <laughs> that cuts both ways. That does. They know him. And I mean, so of all of the big name free agent pitchers that signed in the 2019-20 offseason, he was the we cheapest did. by yeah. far. Uh, and, and he has underpaid. been... Under-fucking-paid. Oh, uh, yeah, absolutely underpaid. But other Even than if he Garrett... the most lucrative Jays pitcher contract. Yes, but other than Garrett Cole, who signed for an absurd amount of money, he's he got been Yankee the best... Money. I want to see Yankee dancing. Yeah, got that Yankee money. But yeah, other than Cole, he's been the best of that class of free agents. Yeah, again, we can safely call him the great one. Yeah, with that number 99. There's something about wearing number 99 in Canada that makes you awesome. Yeah, whereas Verdugo is just okay. I mean, again, I love the guy. I love his attitude. I love his passion. You can't do an apples to apples with, with Mookie, but he's fun and he's learning to hit to all fields, which I'm really enjoying. And he also wears 99, which is a sick number in a Red Sox McCullough font. Yeah. Font. Oh, we we almost were about to go to the, the last ep- the last segment of the episode without talking about UniWatch. Yes. Holy shit. This was going to be the lead of the episode. But you know what we also didn't talk about? Los Angeles Dodgers first baseman, Albert Pujols. You heard me. Dodgers. He's uh, he, not wearing red anymore. He likes that LA uh, He likes that LA lifestyle. Yeah, again. Oh, I'll just take the 5 to the 405 and then boom. New workplace. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think it's just the 5. I mean... You probably... I mean, depending on traffic, you might want to switch off and take surface roads, but... <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's he's gone to Chavez Ravine where he'll be playing... Uh, Occasionally first base, and most of the time coming in as a pinch hitter. Which, again, hey, let's let's pinch hit for Albert Pujols. Fucking hey. Yeah. Also, uh, his manager beat his beat his team in the 04 World Series. Yep. And, I mean, he's chasing a ring quite clearly here. But you know what? He's, he's earned it. Yeah. He's earned it. Yeah. Give, give, give him three rings. Not a bad way to cap things off. Good for him. Los Angeles and the Dodgers friggin' need him. Yeah, I mean, uh, what's happened to the Dodgers? I mean, injuries, a surprisingly strong NL West, because, okay, Padres are good, but the Giants are better. <laughs> Padres are good, but the Giants are better. <laughs> yeah, but again, uh, the Giants are surprising this year, although Buster Posey's return has definitely helped them. Oh, 100%. And again, like, you understand why he took last season off. He had three children. <laughs> Three children. Uh, his wife has an autoimmune disease, I believe. Mm-hmm. And again, like the story of how they had their three children was pretty amazing. Like, like they decided to adopt, like they decided to uh, surrogate one. And then like a week later, they found out that they were pregnant with twins. Yeah. And so like they just became an instant Brady bunch. And by the all Brady accounts, everyone bunch. is healthy and happy. The Posey bunch. There we the go. The Posey bunch. <laughs> That's the way they all be, kid. The Posey Bunch. Randy Davis is Alice. Da, 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 da. <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about uniforms, right? We were. Uh, so we have the second of the City Connect uniforms. The Miami Marlins paying gorgeous. tribute to the Havana Sugar Kings. Yes. Un paso más y llegamos. So they have flipped the, um, the Sugar Kings look. The Sugar Kings, a 50s era... Cuban-based uh, minor league team. They wore white with red pinstripes. This team only existed for one season um, because they were based out of Havana 
And then there was, you know, a communist revolution. Um, I know it was you, Fredo. You broke my heart. <laughs> and this team actually still exists. They're the Norfolk Tides today. That's right. They relocated. They got out when the getting was good. But man, um, they had the best logo. Oh, it was literally a bag, bag of, sugar of sugar with, with a crown. head and a crown. It's like um, adorable. They are fondly remembered. Uh, the Marlins will be wearing these on uh, Cuban Heritage Weekend. They play in Little Havana. And this yeah. is a gorgeous set. Bright oh red, uh, powder blue. Uh, oh. Perfect script. Um, great sh- crown logo. Should be, this should be their full-time unisex. Yeah. Like, again, the Marlins organization has had so many different uniforms. This I do one, like they, their Miami Vice look now. Yeah. But like this is the, so black much. on black is cool as shit. Their unis are good, but they could be better. Yes. Is this Pedro Pascal appreciation episode? This is Pedro. Pa- I don't know. Wait until we get to the Simpsons episodes. But yes, I believe this is Pedro Pascal appreciation episode. <laughs> oh, man. So again, once again, I am spending my entire paycheck on something awesome. Yeah. Oh, such a good look. Uh, and, as opposed to the Red Sox one, which was, I get it. We get but- it. But, and I kept seeing it in the crowds. And it's going to be full capacity at Fenway. Granted, smallest ballpark in baseball, but bestest ballpark in baseball. I mean, Wrigley. I, I'm, I'm sticking with Fenway. Okay. <laughs> Again, I loved Wrigley, but there's something about Fenway that... Have like, you been to post-Reno Wrigley? When did the Renos happen? Um, Post-World Series. Um, so no. I be- yeah, I believe uh, they won the World Series in 2016. And the Renos happened in 2017-18. But have you been to post-Reno Fenway? I have never been to Fenway. Put it high on your. Oh list yeah, of- it is on my post-pandemic list. Okay, so um, I think after the hundredth anniversary season, like the last time I was there was 2013, and they had just finished the Renos. Holy shit, you could breathe in the concourse now. Oh. Which again, fond memories of not of like of not being able to exhale <laughs> until getting to your seat. <laughs> but now it's like, wow, they like pretty much like they just like mooted any potential ever discussion of a different ballpark. Yeah. I mean, same thing with Wrigley. Uh, oh, it's been so modernized that they will they will never, and especially that they have Wrigleyville around it now. Wrigleyville was the funnest goddamn place. Yeah, and they have the the area directly around the stadium all being built into stadiums area now. Is anyway, Goose yeah. Island Brewery. I remember going there when they were still a microbrewery. Oh wow! Yeah. And now you can get it at the Sky Dome, which is fucking awesome. Yeah. Man, they really need to bring some of the microbreweries that are around the dome into the dome. Yeah, because, you know, Canada makes beer. Canada makes good beer. Uh, shall we get to our Simpsonrama episode of the week? Yes, we shall. Would you like to go first? I will go first. I have gone with my favorite Marge-centric episode of all time. Ooh. Now, there are Marge-centric episodes are few and far between, but this one parodies not one, but two classic films. We are going with A Streetcar Named Marge. Oh, I love that episode. That is before the Superdome, where the saints of football play, lives a city that the damned call home. (laughs) Hear their hellish rondelay. <laughs> do, 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 New Orleans. Orleans. Do, da, 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 da. Home of pirates, drunks, and whores. New Orleans. Packy overpriced souvenir stores. If you want to go to hell, you can take a trip to the Sodom and Gomorrah on the Mississippi. New Orleans. <laughs> so that was supposed to be, um, in and of itself, a parody of There's No Place Like London from Sweeney Todd. Um, the, the city of New Orleans got so pissed off at that that Bart's <laughs> chalkboard gag the next week was, I will not defame New Orleans as a uh, as a uh, apology to the people of New Orleans. 
And of course, you have Flanders as Stanley Kowalski, <laughs> Marge as Blanche Dubois, and then the stuff first this bottle in Flanders. your face. Yeah, first appearance of sexy Flanders, and then in this the B plot, Maggie at the Ayn Rand School for Tots. Great escape. The great escape. And at the end, when they free her, the birds, the birds. are with babies. With complete, complete with the Alfred Hitchcock cameo. <laughs> yeah. I am a food of has a piece of petalon and I will be playing Steve. <laughs> I am Otto and I'll be playing Pablo. Oh man, and of course John Lovitz as Llewellyn Davis, the theater director. <laughs> I have directed three plays and I have had three heart attacks. <laughs> Hello, handsome. <laughs> and of course, you know, you get to see what makes Homer and Marge's relationship work. Yeah. And at times what makes it so fucked up. Yes, I'll bring some fried chicken. Yeah, extra skins. Stop harassing my flesh! <laughs> uh, the deliberate misinterpretation of the final line of the show. Yes. You can always depend on the kindness of strangers to help in the troubles, to brighten your spirits. If there's a trip for bliss, you won't regret. A stranger's just a friend you haven't met. You <laughs> haven't met. Streetcar! Uh, my favorite little anecdote. For, I have a couple of favorite anecdotes from that show. Um, oh my originally, they wanted to just have them put on a straight production of A Streetcar Named Desire, but mm -hmm. they couldn't get the rights to do it, so they fair-used it and did the musical. Nice. Uh, which is so much better. And the second, oh, yeah. the second one is regarding Anne Rand, which they nailed so perfectly, all the Anne Rand stuff. They actually got a letter from the uh, Ayn Rand Society of America. I was like, you want President to Joe Rogan? <laughs> yeah, well, it was 1980. That was 1993 at that point, so maybe. Maybe. Um, <laughs> I was like, you understood our philosophy so well. Were you making fun of us? <laughs> That's the great thing about Nazis. They don't realize that they're being made fun of until it's too late. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man, that is a hard episode to top because that is like you go back and you see all of the different things and you find out all the director's cut shit. Holy shit, great choice, man. Great choice. Yeah, that that is a really fun episode. And again, Marge gets her due. She like expresses herself, which we want to see from Marge. I mean, this was Julie season Kaffner, four. This was, this was peak Simpsons. Yeah. Um and this was one of the first episodes that really dug into the Homer Marge relationship. Mm -hmm. This and is they, when there have been like there had been a few here and there, but this one showed like real complexity. Mm -hmm. You're a Dave and I'm a fella. Stanley, stop or I'll tell Stella. All I want is one embrace and stuff this bottle in your face. Dunk. <laughs> Dunk. <laughs> here, maybe you just put some wrist into it. <laughs> oh man, great episode. <laughs> Can't you hear me, Yella? You're putting me through hell. I know all the songs from that one. Oh shit. <laughs> Stella. Stella! I knew that I knew that show so long before I actually knew Streetcar Named Desire. 100 percent Same with Great Escaping Birds. Yeah. Oh, Maggie. <laughs> Such a good app. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm tapping out. I can't top it. <laughs> then can I get? Then can I do a second one? Well, I mean, I have a second episode, and I'm super excited about it. But then do it. I don't agree with his bark killing policy. Ah, yes, I love this episode. But I do approve of his Selma killing policy. Sideshow Bob Roberts. The dead have risen, and they're voting Republican. <laughs> oh man, and it's so timely because it's so, it's so timely then and it's so timely now. Yeah, if you want to see election fraud, go to the Republican Party. 
Ah, there's no need to hoot and holler, even though this debate is being televised on Fox. (laughs) (laughs) This time he's the lesser of two evils. Yeah, uh, I love Grimby. Can I get another bumper sticker, dude? All right. The mommy's ready for his mystical journey. Ah, Poor Millhouse. (laughs) And, of course, Virtual T. Barlow. Without Mayor Quimby, this town would really stink. We wouldn't have a tire fire or misshapen roller rink. (laughs) It's not the mayor's fault that the stadium collapsed. Quimby, he'd vote for you. Brought to you by the Quimby for Quimby Mayoral Quimby Foundation. (laughs) If that is the way the wind is blowing, let them not say that I do not also blow. And our final tally is 100% for Bob and 1% for Quimby with 1% margin of error. I can tell you I worked on the campaign. Uh, Hi, Mr. Smithers. Uh, Stay out of Riverdale. (laughs) All right, Bob. Now it's personal. Um, He did try to kill me. You were the Ronnie to his Nancy, the Sonny to his share, the Ringo to his rest of the Beatles. Oh, Ringo. I feel just like Woodward and Bernstein. Yeah, except they probably didn't have their dad reading Archie comics in the backseat. Lousy stuck-up punks. <laughs> and then he goes to minimum security prison. Say, Tawilliga's a Yaley. Come on, we need a knight to row against Princeton. Princeton. Yeah. <laughs> Not the elephants. <laughs> Who knew that that episode would preface Kelsey Grammer becoming such an incorrigible douche? Preface? Ooh, yeah. I- exacerbate. <laughs> would you call me? I don't know doing- why I always do that John Wayne voice, but it works. It does work. Yeah. Preface? <laughs> He's still got Frasier. Frasier is a show that airs on NBC. We swear we've never heard of it. Yeah. <laughs> the Matlock Expressway. I, I know what you're up to, Mayor Twiginger, but no member of this family will ever want that freeway built. Uh, move your current house, son. <laughs> and of course, you know, no, not many people know this, but I own the first radio in Springfield. Not much to listen to, just Edison reading off the alphabet. Hey, he'd say. Then B. C would usually follow. Oh, man, I forgot that was that episode. <laughs> I was Sorry, Dr. Demento, not for you. You haven't seen the last of me. <laughs> All right, you're free to go to Mento, but just don't go to Death Mountain. But all my stuff is there. (laughs) All right, I think that brings us to the end of another incredibly successful episode of This Week in Blurren's Ball. And if you like us, make sure to give us a five-star review on the podcatcher of your choice. We are available on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spotify, possibly Stitcher, Possibly Twitcher, but definitely not Flincher. No, definitely not Flincher. That's the one where we just beat you until the podcast appears in your head. Yes. <laughs> the Stanley Kowalski of, of podcast platforms. And again, if you enjoy listening to podcasts and you want to see more of our zany, wacky content, Follow us on social media. Yes, so you can follow the podcast. It's at TWI Blurnsball on uh, Twitter and Instagram. We're This Week in Blurnsball on Facebook. You can also follow Ben and I personally. We're, ben is at Benjamin K. Bloom on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at JMS Morris on Twitter and Instagram. You can also follow podcast mascot Ampersand the Puppy. He's Ampersand the Puppy on Instagram. And he's a puppy. He is a puppy. He's far more fun than either of us. Yes, and far more adorable, too. (laughs) Yes. So, I believe that brings us to the end. This podcast was good, but it could have been better. It really could have. But, again, I I put this up there in, like, the top 55 episodes we've ever done. It, Yeah, top 55. I'd say maybe even top 60. You know, you never know.
never know. Like, like it, it was a good, it was a good outing. It was a good time. Okay. So for all of us here at this week of Blurns Ball, I'm Jacob Morris. I'm Ben Bloom. Thank you so much for joining us. Farewell from the world of tomorrow. Coming up next week on This Week in Blurred's Ball. Hi, this is a public service announcement for Tony LaRussa. You will go home and rethink your life. I will go home and rethink my life. You've already managed a lot of baseball. I have already managed a lot of baseball. Enjoy some golf instead. I will enjoy some golf instead. Baseball is supposed to be fun. But can I still make stupid comments about baseball not being fun? No. Okay. Good night, everybody.